0: my name's carter jones i do things right (laughs) i'm sure we'll talk about the things that i do
1: we'll talk about it yeah um so i always start out the show with the same question and that is what was your first concert uh it was um
0: i went to see shinedown uh, which they were support for Avenged Sevenfold and Buck Cherry. That was uh, I was thirteen. My parents took me to that, and that was a thing I will not choose to do ever again in my life. With my mother, Ooh, if you happen to know anything about Buck Cherry, <laughs> is their biggest song is "Crazy Bitch," and it the rest of the chorus is that you fuck so good, something 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 i was 13 years old and my mother was there and i was trying to enjoy myself and it was not easy but were you still like having a good time oh yeah <laughs> i mean i fucking loved Shine uh, shinedown at the time so it was very cool it was a, quite a big production to integrate myself into that world i think you know a couple big things and then the rest after that for me was like smaller niche just sub-genre stuff that I started doing as I grew up and became responsible enough to enjoy things on my own without the supervision of my parents.
1: So, how did you know about this show at 13? Like um, you were just a
0: early adapter. My f- folks were always pretty big music heads. Um, so, I think that translates yeah, into why at such a young age I was into stuff. I mean, my dad was the one that showed me like corn and Marilyn Manson Dude. and all that kind of shit too. So, um I mean when I was 10, yeah. you know, um I was of an age where I experienced pre-internet life briefly. Um right. you know, the, the at least the CD era, occasional cassette era. Um but by that point, I, you know, I had access to I had a secret Facebook account that
1: my... Oh, yeah. interesting. So you were listening to some, some hardcore music pretty early on. Yeah, I
0: mean, my mom's and still is sort of like a... She likes everything, but she's more of like a country nut. But because of the amount of music that was present for me, there's video of me at three years old fake singing into a microphone all the lyrics to a bunch of these country songs that my mom would play all the time so there was always that bone in my body I think and Mm. you know when I would find a band that I liked especially obviously I would identify with a a vocalist or something (laughs) because that's what I was doing yeah but uh there would be a need for me to like achieve something similar like I wanted to do that And when i started going to shows and seeing what that was like that was even more reason i was like that's i would like to do that yeah which has informed a bunch of decisions i've made since then pretty much all of them professionally
1: and creatively so you started as a vocalist like yeah because you got a killer voice dude you can hit like some crazy high notes that i'm like what (laughs) but so like you said you've been singing since like three just yeah for funsies
0: i mean that was yeah and that wasn't like i wasn't i didn't know what i was doing at that point i was just having fun um but i did uh i don't think my family knew that i could like actually do that Mm -hmm. because i would do it in you know privacy or whatever and then i was in uh seventh grade decided to do uh a, like a talent show thing uh uh-huh. in my f- family it was in hindsight they all talk about how like worried they were because they, <laughs> they, uh, they, they, they didn't because they didn't know didn't think could i could do, do that <laughs> yeah. um
2: they're like that, you're gonna
0: go on stage yeah <laughs> and so that was at the point when they realized <laughs> like oh like this is he's actually like decent at this um how'd the show go
1: The talent show that show
0: it was was good yeah i mean and i if i watch it now i would cringe yeah 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 that's normal but at the time i think i mean i was pretty picked on and bullied and i was the weird kid who wore red skinny jeans and studded belts and tried to look a certain way even though i just still looked like a awkward fucking kid yeah so i wasn't necessarily like the coolest kid in town that sort of I wouldn't say that shifted but people then understood more like because I did I wasn't good at sports I wasn't anything like that at that point then there was like oh like I actually have something to bring to the table and like for me I think that was sort of empowering because like I may not be able to hang on the on the court but I can yeah. fucking out sing all of you. And that's a totally different skill set with an entirely different industry and community behind it. So I think that provided me with something that I wasn't necessarily getting otherwise.
1: Yeah. I mean, but it is kind of like, you know, how, like some people are naturally gifted athletes. Like some people are definitely naturally gifted singers. And, you know, obviously if you practice that, you can be like real good. But it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think,
0: I don't know if I would say it's like a born with thing as much as it is just like starting and playing with your voice from a young age and learning how to manipulate sounds and then rhythmically. I, I also post that, you know, I was doing like theater stuff mm-hmm. through middle and high school. Um, I studied classically when I was in high school. I was doing oh, like, okay. like latin like operatic stuff on the side really just to train yeah so i did put in a lot of work too you know i was decent but you know i could go back and listen to i was recording music since i was like 12 too. those years of like strengthening that muscle and obviously like growing up right literally like pubertizing like your body (laughs) becoming older yeah yeah. Um. That all helped, but coming into it with a foundation of sort of knowing how to get those tones and hit those notes and having an ear for pitch
1: and timing and stuff. Yeah. That obviously helps. You know what are you doing when you're studying like Latin operatic stuff? Are they like doing scales? Like, are you? Well, that's part. Doing of that's songs? like a warm
0: up. You know, right. would be different. Uh. different scales and patterns and um, sequences to literally just safely use your voice, which is something I fell out of really hardcore after high school. You know, I never, I wasn't, I wasn't like, I'm gonna warm up, what the fuck? I'm a fucking rock and roll singer. (laughs) Yeah, good to go. uh, And now, after doing it for long enough, we'll do some of these shows, even on one-offs, and I'm like toast by the end of the set. So this tour we just did this past summer, I made a point to do two. I have like some files of warmups on my phone Mm -hmm. and I would do two of those. One a few hours before this set and then another one like an hour before the set. Hydrate my ass off. Nine days straight. One off day. And by the end of that, I could everything was still functioning. Everything was great vocally for me. So the importance of that actually. Yeah, taking care of yourself. Fixed. And. Yeah, because I wouldn't have been able to make it through that. I would have been crashed by the third show. I
1: would have been like, "Yeah, like, excuse me." <clears throat> like, yeah, that's tough, dude. It's. But I'm also singing intensely. Yeah, no, I know. I've seen,
0: loud, high, aggressive. Not always. There's right. range to it, but you know, I'm not. I'm not singing like fucking lounge music like i'm pushing <laughs> my, my voice b- b- the whole time scat. Yeah. So
1: i need that you put a lot of power behind it let's actually i i'd like to listen to you sent me some origami button there's two there's two ob tunes and
0: three other ones that thank you for giving me a reason to actually try and finish you gotta have at least get them to a point when I, where I, you know i mean mm. they've been sitting there with like a couple minor changes needed to be made
1: yeah for a very long time i'm the same way
0: i'll talk about it more in a bit but burnout has been a very very real thing for me
1: yeah lately
0: well just in general lifestyle and hobbies being the same exact thing uh it's like there's too much of a good thing i then it's like when i want to sit down and relax the last thing i want to do is try and make something it's like i just want to watch
1: a fucking stupid tv show (laughs) yeah like (laughs) i do not want to use my brain i don't have the juice i totally understand that and we can we can dive into that more um which one of these uh would you like to play um would i send you nervous and stag yes um
0: Let's do Let's do Nervous That's a pretty high intensity That's like the single from uh, One of the singles From this last record Which is called No Parking We're a band called Origami Button You can find that record anywhere that you can find music I feel there's something
1: sounded good man that mix too whoo
0: that's funny you say that because i'm sitting here the whole time being like "Uh, really well yeah i wish i um i wish i could have it's fun with my personal stuff but we've got new things happening right now um Uh and i the mixes are making me much happier that's a oh. pretty. That was a pretty big leap. If you listen to the first record, to that one,
1: um, uh-huh. but the new stuff, you're like, all it's, right, this it's is something about it. It's just gluing the right way. Okay, it, I felt like that was like every like the kick was in the right. Like I mean, just everything sounded good. Your you can voice. hear it all. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. as the as the
0: <sighs> engineer, mixing engineer, mastering engineer, um, tracking guy. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> there's always. It's the nothing's ever done. Yeah. I'm never. No, I get that. I completely understand that. And the longer time goes by, the more I'm like, Oh no, I would do that differently. I would do that differently.
1: So are you doing the mixes or yes. are you sent? Yeah. Oh damn, dude. Frontman doing the mixes. Yeah. yeah. The, it's a lot to do. I understand why you might be a little burnt. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and that's not, that's something that
0: maybe happens once a year is we, we, are actually working on a
1: record and not just like demos or something, but for sure. Yeah. Like this is going to be completed and whatnot.
0: Yeah. Professionally, that's what I do. My life is the industry. It's music. It's live. It's studio. It's whatever. It's doing whatever I can. Um, yeah. As a hobby, as part of my identity, as part of my, my sense of self, my hobbies are, playing music writing music producing music recording music and for a living i mix music i work Live. with bands yeah. i do I, so so it's, it's just a lot of music which is something i should be enjoying <laughs> but honestly even like on long car rides lately it's podcasts hell yeah i can't i don't want to fucking listen to music
1: i get it i totally understand that i felt like I felt like that when I was doing a lot of different things in music. And I was like, this is just, it's taking away from like my creative ability basically. Yeah.
0: And I don't want to sit down, like despite hearing stuff all the time, like, and feeling like I should be inspired to do things. Yeah. It's just, it's, I mean, it's, it's my job too. So it feels like, work sometimes unless i get in the groove and start making something and do one thing yeah to elevate that and then i get in the headspace of oh this is sick then i want to keep going but it's like to start something or to do a little busy work and like tighten up guitars or tighten up a Mm -hmm. zend line or something it's like just fucking grueling sometimes
1: i bet you if you had You know, maybe at some other point in your life, if you were doing something different, that like creative, like actually, like oh shit, I want to do this. You'd be having like withdrawals. Be like, all right, I got to get back in there. But I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm speaking for you here, but I'm just there's a part of it that I think is just because it's
0: something that I know and that I've done for so long Uh that I feel like I have to do. And Uh there's also a part of me that hasn't achieved the goal, like. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not done. Still working I, on it. Yeah. Still, yeah. I would like to do more. <laughs> I would yeah. I like to get to a place where I do more. So there is, like, it's fucking work. Oh, yeah. And I'm not always, I mean, my job is I hang out with fucking bands and engineers and crews and whatever all day. So, like, it, you know, I'm not, like, sitting in an office doing that kind of work all the time. So to do that even now after making a living hanging out and networking and making shows happen and stuff it's almost like harder to do because i'm used to being like in the field
1: yeah honestly this is such an it's like just such an honest take because you could easily sit here and be like i'm the i'm the luckiest guy on the planet (laughs) man i have nothing to you know i'm doing my passion and whatever i mean i am and there's a lot of that that is
0: true and i am very appreciative of that uh and being able to do that um but yeah, it's not like I don't sit down every morning,
1: like, ah,
2: another day in paradise. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, no, I get you. I get you. So let's talk Origami Button. That is your band. And I'm, I have a few questions here. Uh, you know, how did that start? How did you guys meet? Um, Is that a Chicago thing? Did you guys mean Chicago?
0: Yeah, we're all Columbia boys. Ah, Columbia College, Chicago. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Um, I went for audio things with the intention of getting a music business minor. I took a class and I fucking hated it because it was not the side of that that I liked. It was very matter of fact very legal and that took the art out of what i was enjoying doing so i ended up going from studio using those electives to take all the live stuff as well um but our bassist has i believe a music degree and a audio minor or something mm-hmm. um the other guys all have music degrees with music business minors so Word. we're all little sluts for <laughs> for music for that and that yeah we met so i met my guitarist brandon before that band was like really a thing um the first class i ever attended at columbia and mm. we bonded he was wearing of this town these gun shirt which is a little math rock band uh we bonded over that but i did we didn't like hang out or anything we just like got in touch on facebook or whatever mm. um and years went by. In the meantime, when I wasn't around or seeing him, he had formed this little trio with him, another dude, and Matt, who's our current drummer. Um, And then, funny enough, the reason I found out about that... Sorry, I'm like... When I talk a lot, I realize I'm like...
1: I forget to (laughs) breathe. Well, you had a show last night, too, so you're like... (laughs) (laughs) Uh A little winded from that they were tracking for somebody's
0: like class project or something and i walked in on the session because my boy who actually i just came from his place right now we lived together in logan before i left uh he was one of the engineers on that session and i walked in just to say what up and uh i just fucked with it super hard i was like this is sick yeah who is this what is this And then I found out because of Ben, my friend, he's like, yeah, they're looking for a singer right now, too. And at that point, I hadn't really played in a band for a couple of years Um, and I I liked it and I wanted to see what could happen. So... Mm -hmm. I then realized after doing a little digging that it was his band and we had known each other from that first class. So we got in touch, started talking about it. Um, And I think we, it would just, it was a, it was a hypothetical question posed on like a fucking DM basis. Um, And then strangely enough, like a week after that, I got, reached out to by like a fucking like progressive metal band out of florida Mm. that was seemed like they had a pretty decent following um and they were looking for a vocalist so i was like maybe i'll see where this goes and even Uh at that point that wasn't really like my speed anymore Uh like i i did a lot of aggressive shit for a very long time i did a lot of like heavy band stuff for a long time um but i was kind of getting tired of some of that yeah um and i just wanted to use my voice in a different way i was tired of just like (laughs) the whole time um and that's kind of what that band called for so i did like four demos with them and i tracked it all the way i wanted to i like didn't do a lot of like screaming i did a lot of singing and like weird shit that i thought was pretty cool eventually it got pass back to me that they had sent all that off to their label and the label thought it was quote unquote too different oh so that That's was the like, most vague <laughs> yeah it's too different <laughs> it, okay <laughs> that was like a wasted month and a half of fucking work and conversation and contemplating like because there, there was talk of like international touring and stuff like i'm not i won't say the name of the band because i don't you don't want to give it yeah energy. i don't fuck with them really anymore yeah um Cause that was just like the lamest fucking excuse. Like, and I think the dude that I was like in touch with actually liked the stuff, but it was just like, Oh, sorry. Like the,
1: the label, the
0: fucking, <laughs> the, the, the money,
1: <laughs> the money, the machine. money isn't
0: there for that. So yeah, we're not going to do that. Damn. Um, so then after that whole thing, I got back in touch with the guys. So mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that didn't work. Um, Now we started playing together and it was like, like the perfect fucking marriage right away yeah and that was like within the month that we all started playing together we (laughs) basically solidified a lineup with two other members who weren't
1: currently with that band and it's still the five of us now so was it called origami button when it started yes do you know what the name means yes can we
0: (laughs) divulge it's a uh i think at the time that i joined i thought it was real dumb (laughs) but it does it sticks with you it's got It lends itself to fun merchandising ideas and artistic interpretation. Um, It's a SpongeBob reference. So the invisible boat mobile has an origami button.
1: Oh, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) And then they just like... (laughs) Dude, oh my God, that's funny. So,
0: yeah, I mean, it's a very obscure single episode reference or something so that is
1: so obscure like even me and I, I i'll quote spongebob all the time like
0: yeah i'm hoping we don't get to the point where nickelodeon comes for us i think you'll be good that's that doesn't <laughs> that's seem yeah. yeah
1: yeah we actually need that back <laughs> um okay cool so thank you for a little bit of an origin story yeah um i wanted to ask you about you were talking about like you were done screaming Or, you know, doing, like, that.
0: Yeah, I mean, because it was also just fucking tanking my boys. Yeah. There are proper ways to do it. There's proper ways. I used to be able to do it fairly well. Can you do, like, a pig squeal? (laughs) (laughs) Today, maybe not. It's, like, the problem is, it's, like, if you're dry at all, it's just, like, Uh it just sounds like you're fucking coughing or something. Uh Uh-huh. I used to have, like, a much easier time screaming and singing and alternating lately. Like if I really go for it live, even with the guys right now on some of the, we don't have a ton of those parts, but like there's a few. And if I like rip into them really hard, sometimes I just like, I find that like toward the end of the set, I like, I'm just dry as a
1: bone vocally. So origami button I saw on the page, it's like math rock and also other yeah, it's Friends fucking alternative age, rock, but... Gent. No, <laughs> yeah, not quite. But um, it's got that like... Sort of. It's a little sorta. more
0: palatable, Yeah, I think. And I say that not because no, I, not I just like any of that music, but you could show it to your grandma and she'll be like,
1: well, it's just nice. It's... it's
0: Not uh, some of the songs. It's but, got a lot but, of energy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is the first project I've ever had where I could like actually, you know, I think my, my folks and relatives actually like feel like they can support it (laughs) so yeah which is like i mean we've gotten very lucky with playlisting and spotify plays and things i think partially for that reason because it's a lot easier to throw on it's a lot less like in your fucking face than some of the other stuff i've been doing yeah i mean it's in your face in a different way but It's not like just like...
1: Yeah, it's still wall of soundy with like the guitars being... Some of it. Or at least that last song. Yeah. But your voice is very melodic and like, you know, doing a lot of... Yeah. Doing a lot of stuff there. I I, I call it alt rock at
0: its core because that's an easier term for people to digest. Because if you start trying to define subgenres as a dude in a band, it becomes fucking taxing on everyone in the room very quickly it's oh, like, well we're kind of like this we're also kind of like this and we have a couple songs that are a little bit like this but we're really just a fucking rock man <laughs> like post grunge core blah, 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 uh, like. yeah well it's hard i mean i it's you know if i'm talking to somebody else that understands the shub, sub sub genres <laughs> sub genres it's a little easier to get away with but i make fun of myself every time i do it because i notice that i'm like yeah well, we get compared to this but we're also kind of like this and some of it's really dancey some of it's really poppy but it's kind of aggressive it's just the most
1: confusing
0: description you'll no,
1: ever hear um cool okay yeah i wrote on my page pig squeal (laughs) that's about as good as i got that was pretty good (laughs) that was pretty good too uh that's up there this is
0: spicy (laughs) meatball (laughs) um you guys are cruising in that mm. one it's like you know that um yeah i I realize in hindsight i chose two pretty aggressive ones uh that particular tune was i really enjoyed writing that um that was sort of an homage to childhood um ostracism but also uh, like i've i forced my way into a lot of friendships because i was just fucking tenacious (laughs) and Uh i people i was a lot i was loud and cringy and passionate uh and i think i was just a lot for people but i would just fucking show up at my friend's houses unannounced and be like we're hanging out (laughs) <laughs> so there was a fair amount of that there was also a fair amount of uh, just being left out of things they're not necessarily left out but involved in and just being the one that was made fun of the entire time um that was sort of an homage to that those verses move through that whole process and by the end of the tune and the bridge it sort of ends up it's sort of a commentary on once i was able to articulate myself via music Mm-hmm. that became sort of an outlet mm. for a lot of that and uh whether it be a coping mechanism or just a, a enough of a sense of validation of myself that then i was able to figure out what i wanted what i was what i wanted to do um <clears throat> and it's a pretty epic tune it's to very do epic. that
1: in there's so. so many different parts to it like different rhythms different just like there's yeah And I'm very lucky to have the guys
0: that I have that can write things like that. I've been in plenty of bands where creatively I have a pretty clear vision usually. And, you know, I've had to take over in certain situations over the years where, you know, I end up writing everything. I record everything. And then I have to teach the guys how to play the things. Uh This has been a very nice experience for me because I can let them just write shit. And then I do my vocals. Yeah the process which it should i mean that's how it should be the process (laughs) for me is a little weird um i don't know many other people that do it this way um but i tend to write everything as i record it Mm. so i don't pre-write ever like i'll let them write a tune and then i come in mm -hmm. but i sit down to record and write lyrics as
1: i track Mm. so do you get like top like melodies and stuff and then-
0: sort of um sometimes i'll have like just a nonsense phrase or it for like i'll just sing i'll basically fucking scat my way through gibberish try and figure stuff. out where i want to go with it um melodically and then try and fit something that makes sense around that as a phrase that encompasses you know an idea <clears throat> or it completes a sentence or something i find that if i were to try and write my own melodies and lyrics before mm-hmm. a song was written or demoed it'd be like trying to fit up like a puzzle piece that wasn't made for the place yeah Like trying to squish something <laughs> yeah. into a, a mold that
1: it's not made for like a square into a circle yeah. type of deal
0: and that's worked for me for a long time Nice. But that's sort of like an improvisational style of writing yeah. like i'll have an idea like <clears throat> it takes me a while but i'll sit down and come up with you know what what do i want this to be about maybe there's ideas i want to hit on maybe there's a sequence of m- mood that i want to try and accomplish mm-hmm. um but generally it's just trying to figure out what fits what feels good what sounds good and then I lay a billion harmonies in the back.
1: Yeah, I was gonna ask about the harmonies. Like, are is anyone else doing vocals, or they're all just me? Uh, it probably on the end of that tune. There's on the sides. Yeah, I was here, and I was like, "Is that the same voice?" I can't tell.
0: Um, it's for sure at least nine channels of vocals happening at the same time at yeah. the end of that. It's. Yes. two two of the main melody panned out the same on both sides one harmony panned out the same on both sides a different harmony sometimes a third harmony mm-hmm. plus at the end of that there was like some like screamy yelly stuff going on too so if it was three harmonies the main vocal and the others, it would be 11 channels of vocals, which is not, I mean, that's thick. That you, thick. It, Yeah. That's a ball of fucking, <laughs> I sound
1: like a, a beautiful ball. choir of me's. <laughs> yeah. No, straight up people that can sing. I'm like, you have a superpower. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Um,
0: yeah, the, those aren't incredibly hard. No, it's the, Trying to integrate it into like a yell, yeah. At the I, end of the part, tricky, yeah, the tricky bit. That's harder for me to do live because then it kind of just says if, if I don't have the layers behind it, it kind of just sounds
1: like I'm going like.
2: Nah!
1: like <laughs> Do you think about that a lot when you're like, all right, fuck, well, this is going to have to be performed live? Like, Yes. I used to a
0: couple of the early things because I write everything in the studio while I'm recording and I can fucking do whatever I could do as many takes as I want to get something right. Right. But it's my yeah. fucking studio. It's my workflow. So it's very easy for me to sit in that environment and perfect it and then it's like oh i fucking have to do all this in one go (laughs) live like there are a couple tunes that i i request every time that we play them They be at least in the front half of the set because they're just like up here the whole time and i don't get a break i'm just like pushing the entire song because i could do it in the studio so there is definitely consideration of that um Now that doesn't necessarily stop me from doing cool shit if I think it's going to sound cool because then at the end of the day it's just I mean it's a challenge for me to do it live but that's how you get better so if I think something's going to be worth it to do I'll do that but also there is there's a part in one of our tunes Peach that the the harmony line became the main line because I realized if I were to try and sing
1: that original main melody live it would be a fucking train wreck i would also encourage anyone who uh, hasn't seen the peach music video to go check it out because that was a that was a fun time (laughs) cool man well origami button yes are there any this was the last show of the tour so you guys
0: well yeah it wasn't this is a one-off for us but as of now there's nothing on the books until there's a possibility of february dates on
1: the road all right well keep your eyes peeled go give them a follow and you will know in that regard um cool well let's do a little switch gears now yeah now we're switching to carter m jones That's me. <laughs> and you're going by that now right as like the
0: i think I, yeah it's carter jones because i think yeah yeah I don't know. I'll do what I fucking want. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do what I want. We gotta play acrobat,
1: acrobatic.
0: Yeah, that's. Uh, these are all also working titles, but that one probably makes sense. Um, <clears throat> yes, this is probably one of my favorite things that I. This, I've, is, like this is like a couple years old really? that I I have re gotten into and cleaned up quite a bit, but hmm. the idea was definitely started a couple years ago. The <laughs>
1: Let's, let's talk bass music. How did you get into that whole realm? Because we both got um, the long hair yeah, <laughs> to mine, like match yeah. the wook vibe.
0: Uh, I well, I'll take it all the way back first. Um <clears throat> there was a period in my life when I was probably like 13 or so, where I had sort of started discovering some of that stuff. Um, one of my best friends, uh, older brother was sort of in that scene. Um, and I remember, uh, (laughs) it was like the first memory of pretty much any of that shit that I had. It was, uh, he had like some souped up little race car with a obnoxiously large sub in the back and he was driving us somewhere. Uh Bless him. Uh, and we were just listening to a, a bass cannon yeah. by Flux Pavilion, oh and it God. fucking rattled Dude. my brain. And I was in, you know, there's a lot of parallels between, um, I think, heavy music and a lot of bass music, Um, and then basically didn't find anything new or listen to anything new in that genre for a while, until I went to my first Electric Forest. Mm-hmm with that same friend and some other friends of ours which I did you know I didn't I didn't know the music really I didn't know what to expect
1: yeah that must but, have been an experience
0: well it was too coming into a, a world where production value like that exists after just going to fucking like rock shows and then i go and see video walls and like lasers and lighting rigs that cost a half a million dollars like i was like holy shit i didn't even know this (laughs) world was i did know it was possible but i didn't care that was like to me that the only time you saw that production value was when you were in a list like top 40 shit or something and i was like very like anti anything anybody else liked for my own coolness or something um (laughs) that was sort of like life-changing for me i'd never been to a festival period well i'd you know like Warped tour and shit but uh nothing like that nothing where it was camping nothing remotely like that so i walked in there not knowing what to expect and walked away uh looking into a lot of stuff and that that was the first time i'd seen like a bass nectar set and that I was like, what the hell is this? And everybody around me like knows the words and shit. I'm like, people know the words of these songs? <laughs> like it's like what I like, but yeah. different. Um I didn't think anybody sung along to electronic music like that. I thought it was just like you just go hear a guy play music you don't know. And you're <laughs> you, you like womp. <laughs> yeah. Um so I walked away from that, got into uh it was like right before it was like a week before Into the Sun came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, then I okay. went home and listened to a bunch of that shit, um, and got hooked on a couple other things and just started going to like occasional shows of stuff that now when I look back at, I would cringe at myself for going to those shows. But, uh, and then I haven't not gone to the forest since that year. And that was 2015.
1: Is it still good? It's still fun.
0: Um, I mean, it's fun just to be with your friends and be in that environment. Cause it also, I mean, like I have a lot of nostalgia there, for um, sure this past year i wasn't i've just gone so left field with what i'm into in that yeah. scene that 90 percent of what i listen to is like not american and it's german bass it's halftime german bass it's yeah. you know
1: i think that a, a lot, lot of people who have been in it for a while are into that it's like 140s dubstep sure but like you know like OG like UK dubstep yeah not the American version and then not also squelchy bro step stuff like that was fun but I think a lot of people are getting back to the basics well
0: and the UK has been ahead of us in that whole every one of those things I've listed for years and years they've been doing it for ages and now we're just starting to catch on yeah the hipster bone in my body is yeah. tweaking a little bit because i'm like no, no, no don't i don't want i don't want this to be taken away from me too <laughs> like i don't want every american producer to start all of a sudden being like i'm a and bass guy yeah um because it's it is happening right now well it's for sure hap- that's um, like inevitable yeah. yeah but this past year yeah, the lineup for me i didn't you know i wasn't like crazy about it i had a good time mm-hmm. but honestly next year i might just try to work work the fest yeah yeah that'd be cool because i as i can ooh, yeah that'd be sweet dude right around 2018 2017 i started going to a lot of other shit and other festivals Mm -hmm. um and that's sort of around the time that my taste shifted um i started going to uh infrasound which i also have not Mm. missed since i started going where is that um it's moved around quite a bit but Currently, it's uh, Harmony Park, Minnesota. Okay. But it used to be in Wisconsin in um, two different locations. Um, yeah. But that's, like, all the whole thing, sound system culture-based. Yeah. Like, the whole fest is built around that, so it's all of those guys I'm talking about from the UK. It's all, you know, the first one I went to was, like, Slugwife's U.S. debut, basically, aside from the one show they did in the black box the night before. Word. Um <clears throat> and that turned me on to a whole other realm of shit and the production value, not production value as far as live shows, but I mean like sonically the the production, the mixing, the engineering is like just yeah. sound design. Everything was just more impressive to me and it just locked in in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah. So that's sort of, I haven't really looked back too much since then. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's interesting the whole scene, like I got into it and i was just like going to like tons of different bass shows like in chicago um you know like spring awakening and some of the more commercial ones but also getting into some of the like more niche ones also but um yeah that's the other thing with that
0: particular thing is sorry yeah uh, you're good i think maybe the last year was like the biggest and it's still, I mean, it's under 10 K it's under like the cap is not huge. So it's Mm. unique. It's, you know, a lot of the, if you go to that kind of shit, you know, a lot of the people, it's a lot more family oriented. This past forest for the same reason was also incredibly overwhelming to me Mm. because I have been only going to small fest basically for two plus years. Uh So, going back there was like holy shit there are too many fucking people here like i am gonna get trampled just trying to find my friends i need to go to the fucking bathroom oh i've got to wait 30 minutes to go in a a bathroom that's got shit piled up past the fucking seat Mm -hmm. there are parts of it that i'm like this is not for yeah. me anymore like i just got used to like all the homies being at the same fest and it's really yeah. respectful because everybody's friends <laughs> like yeah you're n- there's not a bunch of like randos that come just because they've heard about it like oh yeah no which that- you get a lot of at
1: big commercial fests just because they're fucking big oh yeah no that makes sense i feel like the more the longer a festival is around like lala is just i mean it's also all ages so it's just like a shit show but it's also they're booking
0: artists that you know, everybody fucking knows, yeah, these right. small fest. if you're not in the the underground sort of subgenre scene, you're not you're gonna be like, uh, I might I know that one, but I'm not I don't want to fucking go to that for one person.
1: This is like <laughs> something I wanted to talk about is like in that scene it's very like family like you were saying like it's you feel like you make some like genuine connections with people and that was the thing where i was like oh this is you know like more than music in a sense it's oh, yeah. like i'm meeting a lot of people a lot of people are like hippy dippy which like i love and then but there's always like the other side of it where it's like yo bro like you're a little too burnt <laughs> well honestly
0: but, and that's that's sort of the with that particular subgenre and especially like the uk stuff it's not It's not so much of that as it is just like a bunch of people in all black that come and just like, Mm -hmm. like, it's not a lot of like fly. Nobody's wearing flower crowns and shit. It's like hardcore (laughs) devotees like that don't, they've, they've done that for sure basically and yeah I, it's sort there's I, there's not an elitist thing here and there's not like you don't get to that when you fucking that's wake up graduation. or something but like that's exactly what i was gonna say there is sort of a graduation do you feel like you're kind of on that wave uh, well yeah for sure yeah. um yeah and it's easy to say that and elevate yourself or whatever but i don't i mean that yeah. without there's I no feel the same hierarchy way. but like most of those people that are into that have gone through the other and scene too and have yeah. found that this is like a little more <clears throat> i don't want to say adult but it's a
1: little more like refined and like yeah i don't know like no i agree i do kind of miss the the freeness of like that that older scene but i don't know there were some bad actors in that scene too like i feel like it's for as much like plur as there is there's still just like some sketchers like
0: well yeah i mean and in, in regard to like bigger fests too there's yeah you get everything so there, as yeah. much of that there is there's also a bunch of fucking chads who are just trying to get their dicks wet yeah like for sure which is not what that's not what we go to those for like yeah I don't <laughs> I don't wanna watch some fucking sleazy dude like eyeing all the girls around me the whole night or whatever. That's not the vibe. That's not what the point is. Like you wanna be safe in this environment, you want that family experience, and
1: you sometimes don't get that when it's that big. I also just wanted to ask you, and we can depending on how this conversation goes, we can cut it out or whatnot. But uh you know, you mentioned seeing base nectar and being like Uh, holy shit, this is some crazy production. And like some of those concerts that I went to that were of his shows were like very profound in my life because there was this sense of connection and just like greater good that I didn't, I wasn't experiencing in other places. But just to see what has happened with him, I don't know. I was just curious what your opinion is about it because. You know, I still cherish those memories regardless and like separate, you know, that those experiences from the actual person putting them out. But it's just I don't know. I was just curious what you think of that like separation of artist and artistry. Um, I mean
0: I certainly don't look back poorly on those memories. W- I went to a lot of shit. I traveled around the whole eastern half of the fucking states for like three years going to fucking see this dude do shit. Yeah. It was fun, and it was partially... Fu- I, mean, I sort of honestly like in the back half, like the back couple years of it, I was sort of losing interest in the music a little bit. Unfortunately, the the record he released right before everything fell apart was like the coolest thing I thought he had done in forever. At that point, I was still going to stuff because it was, you know, I had 50 of my fucking closest friends that would just squat up yeah. and we would
1: just take over a section yeah. in this place and just wild the fuck out. And the pe- the surrounding people are generally like, oh, so you got a squad? Like, we're a squad? Yeah. Well, and like the The last time he played forest was like the craziest shit
0: ever the four sets were always something else really? it was just always elevated yeah it, literally everyone that he did was like top of all time for me and the last one was like the craziest yeah Cause we were like in the thick of it 50 plus deep um and it was like I mean there was like We had like security Damn near Cause it was all <laughs> yeah. of our Friends and shit You had, had a so perimeter like, Yeah if anybody came in It was like yeah, There was a bit of Disrespect there actually In hindsight Cause everybody But also like People are standing there For like 10 fucking hours Trying to claim spots Which that was also Sort of annoying There was a little bit of like Can we just all Fucking show up When it starts And then not have this Like panicked Right experience or like all these fucking like rail rider motherfuckers were yeah. taking over the stage for the whole day with their backs turned to the other bands that were playing there was a bit of disrespect in that community for sure uh-huh. um but at the end of the day i you know i don't look back negatively on it at all i think it is kind of yeah. weird that you know the the big issue a lot of people seem to have was that it hurts more because of the platform and the you know what he preached was like Mm -hmm. right the thing that wasn't real yeah what he wasn't doing like and that was like a big chunk of it was like just the that
1: positivity and that like no yeah that's the thing that's the thing that fucks me up honestly i know that you have done this circuit and i did like a similar thing to you and i just wanted to see what you thought because it's like it's it's just taboo right now to even talk about in a sense (laughs) well
0: it is and it was fucking weird i like denied at first because i was like well i mean i'm not gonna base my entire view of this situation off of a fucking like tweet yeah and then there was like audio that was released and i was like
2: oh, <laughs> "Oh shit!"
0: <laughs> that was literally like the fucking noise i made i think when i first listened to that i was like fuck yeah because it was like yeah this is just fucking weird something's something's a little off about this and i can't put my finger on exactly what it is but that whole conversation that was recorded was like Sketch. Yeah, there's just no. It's something. it's sketch.
1: I've totally come to the place where I'm like, definitely there was some fuckery. This guy was like worshipped by his people. Yeah. Like,
0: well, and I've ha- I have friends in the industry too that have worked for him and worked around him. The main thing things that I've heard is that him and his crew were notoriously difficult to work with. They took over stages on festivals. They disallowed other people from getting time to like prepare their shows um because you know you have lighting designers and audio people that need the lighting designers need to like build their fucking look on stage and position the lights and focus the lights and um and they you know everybody's given x amount of time to try and do that or do overnights or whatever but people you know that was like like they there was a whole thing of like no one's allowed like near that mm. when he's there yeah, type of thing which was kind of strange also for somebody that seemed like, like a, he would be really fucking chill but yeah. it was like really like secret there was a lot of like closed doors and like do not come within X amount of feet of me situation going on and I have another friend that um, was working as a runner for one of his like multi-day shows uh, <clears throat> and he was told explicitly like do not for whatever reason come into this space.
2: Mm.
0: Um, And he had to for, you know, he was bringing like food or whatever to the green rooms or wherever he was going. And he had to go in. um, And that was like the the allowance for him, I guess, to do his job. Mm -hmm. Um, And he went into this like separate closed off private space. And all he saw were just like 40, like, pens mm. just fucking girls just beautiful beautiful women a bunch of them just sitting and waiting around dude what? And, yeah <laughs> so i've heard enough from people that i know and trust to also know that this shit has been going on for a while and it has been just weird yeah and there's also a part of me that at first part of the justification for it was like um i knew dude like grew up in a commune Right. And as, I was like, maybe this is just like a super like free love thing. But then it's also like, eh, it's kind of fucking predatory.
1: Well, I feel like it would be all kosher. Like the, being a rock star, it's like. Well, know. that's the but, thing.
0: There's such a double standard because there's a lot of people that ignore the behaviors of some of their favorite bands like that, or just because yeah. they weren't around when it was happening, or because at the time it was nobody gave a shit. But like, yeah. you would have to blacklist a large amount of music. Yeah. Think about to being, really
1: be true to that belief system. Think about being in that position <laughs> and being able to procure that. Like, I know. Yeah. You, know, you know, it's like the I don't, weird, the, it would be one thing. I mean,
0: yes, there's power dynamics and stuff, but it, you know, if, if there's a fully consenting per adult person. Yeah. Right. I don't fucking think that's like really a conversation we need to have except like don't be a fucking weirdo and a dickhead but when it's the you know when you're 16 I'm going to start flying you to shows and yeah. it was just weird and it was like was he it's waiting until you were 18 like just definitely so it's legal but like also yeah. you're fucking like 40 bro yeah like that's just not a good look it's just weird I mean, it's, at the same time, you got people like fucking Leo DiCaprio who date super young people, and like people make fun of him for it, and it's like a known thing. But nobody's like
1: cancel Leonardo. Like, yeah. Well, I guess there's no like evidence that's like they're too young. Well, you know what I mean, yeah,
0: yeah, and I, there is a difference. But, you know, I'm not trying to, it's, it's difficult to talk about because it's I don't want to seem like I'm making light of it in any way because it was fucking weird and I don't disagree with any decision that's been yeah, made. Yeah, me too, me too. But
1: uh, We're just like a, bu- like we both had love for it and like that was a big part of life almost yeah just going to shows like
0: this well and that was sort of the introduction for me too because of that story i told so like it you know there was always a sense of like nostalgia whenever i was in a room with those people like
1: seeing that show i don't know is this just like a path for like anyone that acquires that much power is it like that whole thing where it's like absolute power corrupts absolutely type of thing like i feel like that's kind of what happened a little bit with with people in this position, not even just specifically him. Well, I but, think
0: when you're given the freedom to do that, yeah, and get away. And with if it. you're not, you know, if you've got temptation that you can't fucking control or address, or yeah, like if you've done it for x amount of years and nothing happened, why would you yeah.
1: think there's anything wrong with it? Like, and there's the this is just like a human nature thing too, where I'm like, people are continuing to try to grow, and it's like, what's the natural human thing to do? To make what's the next thing what's the next thing and it's like i feel like that's why we get these like child predator people in power they're like well what's like even more off limits it's like Ooh. yeah that's the point where we need to like not let them get too much power or or like you really got to check yourself yeah i mean i don't think that's necessarily human nature but that's the thing that's fucked is yeah, it's kind of in there a little no, bit. I don't think... Not the, the predatory underage thing exactly, but like... Just.
0: I mean, I don't think there's... I, I don't think... Age and... If you go back to pre-civilized society, <laughs> right. nobody was like, oh, are you 18 yet? people just fucking (laughs) yeah so i don't think there was like a taboo about that because it was just like oh you're fucking 16 you can have a kid let's fucking do it that was the drive is just fucking let's make a baby yeah so i don't know (laughs) i don't think that is innately i think that's just a societal taboo right because and there is something to be said about that um Because they're, you know, these are underdeveloped people that their decision making is potentially flawed. So they're not fully capable of handling themselves in a situation like that. If you're putting pressure on it, a younger person who's impressionable, they're more likely to cave than a 30 year old woman who's known how to deal with fucking creeps her whole life. Um, But we also live in a different world now. So those have to adapt.
1: We don't live in a world where we're like out in nature, yeah. like rummaging yeah. around for berries and shit. We're like, you know, we told ourselves we're in a society, so we got to act yeah. that way. So yeah. it's like, yeah, it's just interesting. It's a man-made rule.
0: Yeah. For, I think, a good reason. Yeah, I would agree with that. But it's, you know, it's just a it's a fun thought, I guess. It's, like, it's, we decided that some so at some point someone decided that. Yeah. And it was like, 18? Yeah. <laughs> okay. 18 seems right. Yeah. I mean... 25. <laughs> fully developed. What is it? If you're both under 18, it's okay, though? Yeah. There's a bunch of fucking gray areas. A... It's pretty clear when it's like, you're 45 and she's 17. <laughs> but like, if you're 17 dating a 19-year-old, that's when I'm like... That's fine. Uh, you can like actually get fucking... like Fucked, yeah. Law-banged for that yeah is that a word i just i like it i don't you. know
1: that could be a new song Law <laughs>
0: Law <banged. laughs> it's a bad buddy comic era buddy comedy
1: yeah i don't know i mean i'm it's just a tricky conversation to even have because it's like oh we're putting uh you know just the thought out there and we're like giving the platform to these like negative not right ideas but i just think it's worth discussing and talking about because it's it's kind of gray it's kind of confusing well there's been a lot
0: of it yeah there's been a lot of it i've just made a little post because especially here right now in oh yeah scene right there's just been a lot of people not only artists plenty of artists but also just people that have worked around here and have been in the scene and stuff that have been getting called out and yeah i i mean my whole commentary was basically just don't be a fucking creep don't be don't be Yeah. yeah don't be a predator don't just be a decent guy yeah. and it's all dudes that have been getting canceled yeah so i i say guy not to exclude but to illustrate the fact of what it is um i don't understand like i'm a, I'm a mama's boy so i i think i've got i don't know if i'm not saying that's impossible to not be a fucking creep if you have a close relationship with your mom but yeah like i grew up respecting women i grew up i still am a pretty feminine guy i tend to slip right in and fit in with the girls so it's yeah. never been a thing i don't i'm I'm not like that's not Me like too. <laughs> I, I don't understand it almost i'm like how can you not just like read the fucking room dude if somebody's not interested in you that's it you could still be there yeah you don't have to fucking press yourself just be like okay and then be a friend be somebody that's likable be Conversational, be like but if you shoot your shot yeah and it's not reciprocated back the fuck up yeah, <laughs> like, like it's not a fucking hard concept yeah. so i don't know there's also there's a part of me that just has zero fucking tolerance for that because it's like well
1: yeah sorry dude you
0: lost yeah like, yeah. yeah and like i don't, don't feel bad for you because you didn't handle this like i get people are growing and stuff but like people have to yeah people have to get put down enough to fucking actually make that decision because if you're not getting put down and you're not getting called out for doing that shit you're gonna keep doing that shit yeah and if you are telling you it's a public
1: situation that shit's gonna happen yeah and like going back to what we were saying before like i mean i don't know getting canceled is pretty intense now because it's like that can take away your money stream but it you know if you're doing some shit that's not cool like well, you shouldn't that's you, know, I mean, you shouldn't have a
0: fucking platform if you can't handle it. Yeah, I agree. I like and that's you know There's empathy. I have empathy for this situation too. I understand that, like I said, people are growing. I'm not like fucking ruthless. Uh I understand that people are working from different baselines. I understand people have past trauma. Maybe that requires them to behave in certain ways or lash out in certain ways, but that's still not a valid reason to not get told you're fucking doing something wrong and like if that means you have to step back from a position of power yeah you should have to do that figure your shit out and then maybe you could find your way back with a clearer head and a fucking motivation that's not based around uh
1: sexing yeah don't hurt people bro i know you who hurt you don't hurt people basically like i mean don't hurt yourself i don't know man you just gotta like if you got demons don't let that become like part of who you are like and the way that you act or i I don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say like just get some therapy bro but then again, some people don't know that that's an issue. That's the thing where I'm where I'm trying to get at. It's like this gray area of like is that a problem or is that just like being is that just like a certain character type? I
0: think it's both. I think there's <clears throat> I think there's a reason that it happens, but I also think there's a reason that it should be dealt with. In disgust, right this is like a a, growing pain there's a yeah you can empathize as much as you want with anybody but there's also like do you want to exist in modern society and not be a (laughs) fucking rapist
1: (laughs) do your homework (laughs) (laughs) yeah dude don't do that like you fuck (laughs) yeah it's that's a pretty good way to just like distill it to like don't be fucking weird bro yeah like come on All right, cool. Well, that was a fun combo. (laughs) Nice
0: side track. I was trying in my mind to think of a way to really poorly segue back
1: into something else. No, it's cool. We just do hard cut. Um, And we're back. (laughs) Yeah, here we are with that hard conversation. Um, Do you want to do another tune? I was just going to say, let's do another tune. And then I'm going to ask a wrap up. And then we'll we'll call it a day.
0: Cool. Um, Let's do the collab tune the brunk oh yeah so this is i my my good buddy dan brunk um and i started working on this thing he sent me some stems of a, a bass idea um and then i took it way too far as i tend to do with collaborations and i made an entire song and didn't give him any room to do anything (laughs) <laughs> so which I think he's okay with for the sake of what it is right now. But um so he yeah, we just started with some stems of something he was working on and I I took those and turned it into something else, basically. Mm-hmm. Um but this one's pretty cool. This is fresher. This is probably the freshest thing in my arsenal right now. Word, let's let's hit it, baby. That's one thing I've taken from uh, listening to a lot of that UK stuff, especially like Carissa and those guys, percussion is like clean as fuck and that's part of what makes it so snappy. second half was i did in like a couple seconds just cuz i wanted to see what it was like so i'm not entirely sold but it, it just sounds like very american drum and bass which is what i usually try to not do but it kind of slaps
1: That snare is just like poppy. Yeah, it's very uh like
0: twenty fifteen noisier.
1: It's a heater, bro. <laughs> Thanks. I feel like you just got mad range, you know, in terms of like vocals, in terms of genre. Like you like to put that power behind it, though. That's like the one, you know.
0: Well, I think it, I, I like powerful shit. Yeah. I don't like meek. <laughs> music, unless the I'm meek. feeling really meek.
1: I, um, mean, I like chill out stuff too but i get what you're saying where it's well
0: like, well so do i but <laughs> even within that realm though there's powerful like i'm not talking like intensity or volume but mm-hmm. there's music that moves you in a way like there's simple fucking music like you know i could throw on beats to study to kind of lo-fi shit and not yeah. think about it that's fine but like if i'm gonna listen listen to something and it is low-key you throw a fucking Tycho track you want to cry like you know what i mean yeah. there's
1: power in that it's too touching in, yeah. a, in a different way for sure. Word man, well we have uh we have covered a lot of ground here and uh to to wrap this up all nicely um you know, a little homage to the first question I asked you, you know, you I asked you what your first concert was and now I want to ask you what like your most the best concert you've ever been to, your favorite. And it could be something you've performed or it could be a show that you've seen, but something that just kind of like made you want to up your game. I'm thinking, cause it's, it's going to be like a fest situation. Probably
0: it's going to be either an infrasound or I went this past, uh, um, I don't remember what month it was, but we went down to Florida, uh, Sue to do a, uh, tipper and friends event. Oh, and man. it was like, just something else
1: yeah his production is is insane
0: yeah and it's his curated thing too so everything was just on fire like um probably that or an, i mean every time i go see those artists again especially stuff from overseas it's like it tends to ignite something in me mm-hmm. um um honestly, you know what I will say? I'll narrow it down to a single set. Uh Kursa at Infrasound this year was like shit my pants the entire fucking time.
1: Mm. Like, Were you expecting it? Were you Oh, you like, yeah. oh I have high yeah.
0: hopes. Yeah. He's like one of my favorites if not the um and we have a you know a slight personal relationship as well but like that was just something otherworldly that evening it was just fucking perfectly curated and like with um I'm trying to remember who was actually doing visuals but just the whole thing was like just fucking on fire it was just ripping yeah and uh That's, you know, that's one of my favorites. For sure. So,
1: yeah. I need to listen to some more Cursa. Well, it's
0: all Bandcamp, pretty much. I have Uh. about fucking 60 gigabytes of (laughs) Cursa on my phone right now. Um, Yeah. Because he doesn't really do, like, the Spotify.
1: Hmm. I don't. I think SoundCloud though, like it's on SoundCloud. Eh, some of
0: it, some of it, yeah. like a single maybe from each release, but all the music is on. It's a subscription based Bandcamp thing. Oh, okay. So it's like a monthly, and then you get access to the entire discography though. Hmm, that's dope. It's like seven. That's pounds. actually like
1: a cool
0: yeah model because oh, you think. could also download all of it. Yeah,
1: and just have it. Yeah, being able to. Like, I feel like the real. <laughs> The real ones, you know, they they put their shit on Bandcamp, like Mr. Carmack. I love him, and almost all of his stuff M- is just. Most camp.
0: people are on there, but they'll also participate in streaming and stuff. But yeah, he doesn't.
1: He's just like nah.
0: I mean, I I think he probably makes a lot more money having it there, and more people go there because they can't just listen to it when they're out and about on Spotify.
1: I've noticed with like some of the bass music stuff. Like, I've been getting into this deep, dark, and dangerous stuff. Yeah. And uh, a lot of it's, like, they'll release clips, and then there'll be, like, some subscription, Patreon, something to, like, get the full song. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I wonder how that works out. But it seems like a cool model, you know, to make, like, a little bit of money, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think it... Like if it's a SoundCloud situation, they don't put the whole thing on there because they want you to go buy the album or if it is Bandcamp, generally you could buy the song or whatever too. But
1: Yeah. I mean at the end of the day, if someone really wants to take it, they will. They'll find a way to, to you can record things from your sound card yes. on
2: your computer.
0: Um if you're planning on spinning it though. Yeah you don't want to do that you want to ask well and you also want a fucking high resolution audio file and not some yeah you like three, it down 3 way conversion mp3 bullshit <laughs> and then you want to play that on a proper sound system you think that's going to sound good when every little nuance is blasting at your face at 110
1: dB yeah it's going to sound crunchy yeah <laughs> all right very cool very fun all right where can people find you Real quick plug. Um, it's a good
0: question. I mean, with the origami button stuff, it's uh, at origami button on all of the at places um, slash origami button on the slash places. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think uh, I don't know personally. I still I haven't even hardly launched the project, but. I yeah. have a personal SoundCloud. I believe it's just uh, Carter Jones, Carter M. Jones or something. Um, and
1: yeah, I'm on the YouTubes and stuff. I hope to hear some of that music soon. I,
0: mean, I Yeah, I would like to do something with it. It's just one of those things that yeah. has got... I'm also working on a new record with Origami Button right now. So everything of that nature tends to take a backseat when I shift gears into band guy mode again, because I that have this sense. like multiple personality you focus. Well, you can't <laughs> like, do
1: them both. It's like, you can't wear two hats at once. Yeah. You could, but I mean be goofy.
0: I did open for Seppa on the same day that we played a show in Green Rampers. Oh, Seppa, and, and uh, Seppa. Nice. That was a lot. I was pooped. from the- <laughs> yeah, I was Two like, shows in a day. <laughs> I wore two and I wore audio guy hat at show because that's, yeah. So, what I do. So,
1: damn. The man of many hats. The burnout is real. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. If you're still around. <laughs>